You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hi, welcome to this week's episode of Scottish Football Forums podcast, season eight, episode twenty-nine, and. Uh, the Holy Trio are on. It's the regulars. Uh, two Johns. I'm back. Uh, I was off last week. Uh, Sick note. And Chris. It's been a while since the three of us have been on together. It's been, eh? Uh, well, this might be the first time this year. Yeah, it is. It's the last time um, the three of us were on. We are talking about Hugman A and more Scotch and Rye than all excuse. Aye. This is just a rerun. Scottish and Rye, to be honest, because all excuse was dreadful. I never watched it. It was marginally better than the previous year, I think, but that wasn't saying much. It was so bad that the the Stephen Gerrard take was actually a Harry Enfield joke for the nineties. Oh, for God's sake! That's how bad it was. Just because he's a scouser. All right, all right, calm down. <laughs> yeah, but at the time was a funny sketch. I still yeah. like the one when they went to Wembley. <laughs> That's probably one of my favourites. It was rather good. I need to watch that because I don't remember the Wembley win. Oh, that's brilliant. When I go to the cup final, ah, it's good. And they go in a, a, a night out and all that, a day out and stuff. Ah, it was, just, just... was that when cream shoot suits met shell suits? They certainly had the shell suits, aye. Aye, but the Liverpool team had the cream suits. Or the Spice Boys. Um... Or was I don't know whether the edge might have been slightly before that. Yeah. Try to think. Don't know. Off for a tangent already? <laughs> aye. Aye, that's just usually how it, it, it gets based. I noticed as well earlier we had a new follower and our, uh, on the podcast account and they're into wrestling. So whether they found us through like actual football chat or whether it was because we mentioned wrestling before, I don't know. Um, last week was the Royal Rumble. So... Well, we like a bit of this, we like a bit of pie. Oh, pretty aye. Much it. <laughs> pie. I was actually listening to that. I know uh, I feel like I was cheating on the podcast, but I was listening to another podcast earlier, and they, they managed <laughs> to get, have a good five-minute chat about food and pies and all that. I was thinking, yeah, guys after their own hearts. Um, <laughs> nice. I the pies later in terms of, I was at, one of, I was at a game at the weekend to go on to pies. Um, I wonder if it's important. We, we could sort of talk about pies, actually, uh, but like pies as in the... Daft pie variety. Daft bit of startup because there's that many. Where, where do you begin? We, where do we begin with the breaking news from tonight and the weekend and so forth? Uh, we'll go with the referees, right? The Steve Conroy thing, yes. which okay. we've obviously seen about an hour ago. Came out the records reporting that Steve Conroy's come out and said, "Yeah, he he doesn't know many uh, Celtic fans." that I've got into as high positions in regards to refereeing and that more support Rangers and Celtic. Um, whether you're into conspiracies or not, it's interesting because it's not often that even ex-referees come out so much and say who they support, who they follow, much as it's generally maybe pretty well known. Yeah. I, th- I mean, um, apparently it was on BBC Sports Sound, so I'll be interested in listening to that podcast on the, the way to work tomorrow. The Monday night one's usually a good one as it is. It's their only good one since um, they dropped Kenny McIntyre for the other four nights to 
replacing with David Curry. Um, but I, I mean, they seem to have this generalisation because Celtic Rangers are the biggest teams that pretty much every referee is going to be Celtic or Rangers, and that's why they can't reveal it. Surely there's a good um, Aberdeen, Hearts, Hibs, East Fife fan who you know well, is capable of refereeing an old firm game or games the, involving the old firm. Theoretically, yes, there could be, but the problem that referees have is that they draw just about all of them from either Ayrshire or Lanarkshire. Yeah, I was going to say they're the, the same two, either. They're the two they're big areas central. for drawing them, so they're all yeah. central belt. It doesn't really surprise me that the vast majority of them might be Celtic or Rangers. If Steve Conroy's coming out and saying that he's the only Celtic fan he knew of, well, maybe some of them kept it hidden. Um, he certainly wasn't bragging about it all the time about who he supported. He also said he never had it, but... Um, it just wasn't an issue, he said. To me, the, I mean, that's not even the interesting thing that I think Steve Conroy said. What I think the interesting part of that is he's he's coming out and saying that referees have to uh, have consequences for their bad performances. Yeah. Which is, is very unusual for me to hear any referee say that. Because that goes against the way the SFA act. And usually yeah, it's, it's because it's easier because he's an ex-referee to say that. Yeah. But, I, I would hazard a guess when he was a referee, he would have fancied the, <laughs> the, same, the same type of punishment happening, but... Yeah. No, it yeah, is good to hear that, and maybe what you need to do is get ex-referees on board as well. Maybe that's uh, a good start, because at the moment, mm-hmm. he's the first ex-referee I've heard say it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there was the whole... Who was the um, assistant referee in the um, Dougie McDonald um, affair back in 2010? He Craven, came out... Was that his Craven, name? that was his name, yeah. Uh, he, he came out and said, you know, summer things about the secrecy and all the rest of it, and... He get hounded. He basically got hounded over it, and he didn't get much sympathy off uh, Neil Lennon, if truth be told. Um, even though he was the one that said it wasn't a penalty, and it actually wasn't a penalty, and all that um, mess up. It was Dougie McDonald that uh, made a complete arse it. Um, but I think when you think what Conroy's saying is is right. You know, if referees are having a bad performance, they should be demoted. It's like um, you know goalkeeper makes a mistake in three successive games, likelihood he's going to be dropped, same as striker misses three open goals in three consecutive score, um, goalless games, likelihood is he'll get dropped. Why is, why is Andrew Dallas continuously <laughs> getting allowed to referee games in the top flight? The guy is utterly hopeless. I would go further than that. Why is Andrew Dallas getting to referee any level? Because he hasn't yeah. proven himself at any level. Aye. We, we've been saying in this, well, I'd say we, John has been saying in this podcast for years, Andrew Dallas is a dreadful referee when he was in the juniors. But we all knew it was going to happen. We came up through the ranks anyway. Didn't matter how bad he was. Yeah. He was having awful games in the lower leagues in the SF, SPFL. He came up and had low, dreadful games in the top flight and um, he seems to have peaked at the weekend. Yeah. yeah. I should say as well with the Conroy statement, I don't buy into conspiracies in terms of favouring one Glasgow team over another. I don't know. I, I struggle I, with that one a bit. I, I think there is a fundamental problem with the fact that referees are all pulled from Varicks and Nersia. That alone yeah, that's a breeds, problem, yeah. that, that, that breeds an old boys network and they all back each other up and that causes problems. Now, whether that's causing problems yeah. for one team over another team, or it's, got, or it's Bennett from one team over another team, I don't think you can really tell for sure. Well, um, I would say that's a problem with Scottish football in general. Think, yes. That's a central belt bias. Yeah, oh, Absolutely. I, think, I, mean, I would agree with that. I think, but Whether it's the media but, as well. I mean, the media is pretty dominated by central belt folk. There is yeah. a, the odd exceptions. But even when games are getting covered, doesn't matter what game it is, it seems to be it's ex-Rangers players, ex-Celtic players that are generally covering it. Covering it. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, there's maybe the odd exception, Michael Stewart, Hagen. This whole thing as well about players, players who are still playing. Uh, Kenny Miller is the, the latest one that seems to be on most weeks. But he, he's employed by Dundee. Yeah. Why is he now? He's another one like Boyd that's coming out and talking about how Rangers are going to win the league. Rangers are going to do this. Rangers are going to do that. I. I don't understand how they don't get pulled up for like bringing the game out of distribute everything they open their mouth um, because they're, they're generally saying something against their own club which is ridiculous they think their own club would punish them for it mm-hmm. but um, no it's like the SFA should be hammered for some of the things they say because if it's, if a manager comes out and says something like this they get hammered for it if a player being a pundit gets to say things they get away with it it's very strange but the the, the problem I've got with um, the Lanarkshire and Ayrshire cabal when it comes to the referees isn't the fact that it's central belt, it's the fact that it's just this closed network. Yeah. The closed network, they're going to back each other up. They're not really in any great shape to, to try and improve things because they don't need to. Mm-hmm. They can just continually bring forward these, these, these pals of theirs that get yeah. into the, the top flight games and nothing ever gets better. In fact, if anything, it's getting worse. Yeah. The SFA... It might get worse, but then it might be the fact we're highlighting it more because there's more and more cameras and more and more angles and we're getting to see certain things. And when we come on to it, I might actually defend Andy Dallas for, to a certain extent. Yeah. It's not just him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the, probably the difficult thing as well, yeah, certainly the media coverage, but we see more and more highlights or angles and different things like that as well. And maybe going back to maybe, I don't know, the 90s, we might not remember as many bad stuff because we're maybe younger as well, but... Was there as much in the media about referees, or was it maybe that referees were a bit more protected? I, th- I think over the years, you know, as um, football's growing, media interest is growing. Um, you know, there's probably been bad decisions that have been highlighted um, that have been there for 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 a long time. But they were back in the days when BBC had um, sports on a Saturday night, Scottish Sport had um, you know had the Sunday, and it was just one game each. None of the rest of them get covered, so you probably didn't know unless you bought. Um, things like the Even Times or the Edinburgh Even Express or the Aberdeen Green Final. Yeah. Um, but now, obviously, there's cameras at every game. There's not necessarily commentators of every game as um, sports improved with a, um, Rob McLean in the studio, for example. Um, but it is getting more and more highlighted. But um, you know, my issue, you know, when you mentioned there, Chris, about um, the, the closed network, the SFA will probably um, point to funding being an issue why they can't get referees from Inverness and Aberdeen and it's just uh, at the end of the day see whilst they're doing this, this closed shop um, routine it's not going to get any better I know I know there was a consultation a few weeks ago which Steve Clark um, didn't attend and he had his say today um, but whilst there's this closed shop and uh, there's the referees are not getting um, pushed down the leagues um, every time they make a glaring error it's just going to get worse rather than better, no matter how yeah. much managers try and talk about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I talk up... wasn't invited because he was invited so late on, he didn't have, he'd already had plans, so he couldn't make yeah. it. Uh, but the, the problem with that review I've got with it is why are they getting the managers to tell us how to improve the referees? Why aren't the referees improving themselves? It's their own, it's not the managers. Mm-hmm. I think the idea is then maybe though, if they work together, um, it, it provides maybe a, a better system. Because if the referees are just left to their own devices we know that they're protected by the ex-referees and family members whatever historically so at least maybe if there's a contribution whereby the managers the referees and maybe the the sfa are working together it might improve things because at least maybe but i think probably in those types of meetings we're not going to get in public i don't think 
but I would imagine more so they are in those meetings. Referees will maybe be saying to the managers and explaining decisions. They're not going to do it in public. They've they've come out before and said they're not going oh, to do that. There's another why problem. Why, 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 why aren't why aren't they doing it in public? What are they hiding? That that alone breeds conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. Why are they hiding? What have they got to hide? I don't Just, understand it. Sports. I've always said rugby with exactly. referee is brilliant. Yeah. The way they talk about you, you, you hear them mic'd up. You, you can hear them on the TV. But then again, in rugby, there's more of a respect for referees than what there is in football. I think that's probably been an issue. You look I, at every I, game, most games, and I wrote, my own team's guilty of it. You'll see every game, if there's a decision, there's five players sound the referee. Now, we can criticise referees, but we also maybe need to look at the players as well and the managers yes. in terms of the way they react at times. Mm-hmm. It's a difficult thing because it, co- it does maybe cost jobs and stuff like that. But at the same time, maybe sometimes the maybe a bit over the top on occasion oh, yeah but I think I there's, some mar- there's some managers I think that do go a bit overboard with it there's yeah. other managers that maybe will say yeah yeah, we, we can accept well there's been bad decisions we can accept it and they make the whole even itself out I don't really buy into it even itself out but I think some managers can understand a bit more understanding of that referees are like players like managers make mistakes it's yeah. when I suppose the same mistakes are getting made mm-hmm. and yeah, the inconsistencies that there's that's just- the problems Consistency was Steve Clark alluded to big time because he mentioned yeah. that um, Jordan Jones um, dived. There was a um, against Dundee. There was a big media um, frenzy about it, and he he took two game ban. Um, but there's nothing being said about um, you know Jermaine Defoe at the weekend yeah. uh, for exactly. his incident. Um, and and that, that goes exactly to John's point there about the fact that it's not just the referees that can, or they can here. The the yeah. players have to take a responsibility, and the referees have to take a responsibility. Yeah. And I think like over the what. If, if you take the Rangers game on Saturday and even the Celtic game on Sunday, you get a perfect example of just how many issues there is in Scottish football. Because um, yeah, well, everyone's criticising Andrew Dallas for his performance, but actually, he got the first penalty right. The mm-hmm. second penalty is a dive by Defoe. So, mm-hmm. it's, to me, that one's on Defoe. He has successfully conned the referee. That's why you get a two-game ban after it, because you've been successfully conning somebody. Well, he um, won't because he's not been hauled up yet. I know, but it's Monday, so we'll see if a compliance officer does anything. I'm not holding my breath. Um, the third one, the referee gets no help from his linesman. Yeah. Because initially, Andrew Dallas gave a free kick for the handball. And it is, it's a handball. I think he's put his hands up to, to block it. Um, the linesman's the one that's called it. So, in that instance, it's not the fact that the referee's given the call, it's the linesman. Yeah. He's, he hasn't got the proper assistance. Mm-hmm. So you can't really blame him for that either. The fourth yeah. one, we're back to the player again. Again, yes, it's a foul because Candias has been grabbed. But for some obscure reason, Candias then decides to take off and lands in the box. It's a perfect dive into the box, which again, Andrew Dallas falls for. Um, it, that's the one I think Dallas should probably do a lot better with, because it was evident he was outside the box to start yeah. with. Yeah, um, and actually, they it? should have had a. They actually should have. There was a fifth penalty incident. Yes, I was about to say this. The, the biggest mistake Andrew <laughs> Dallas makes is not giving the foul against Morelos in the box because yeah. that's a pretty obvious penalty. Mm-hmm. I, th- I I think it all that. Um, sorry, John. Um, I think it all that. I agree with you completely about the, you know, the third penalty incident because that that um, is one that the linesman has overruled Andrew Dallas in that one, um, but he still. I get that he's being conned by Defoe, but he shouldn't be conned. He should be able to see what's happened. Um, and it w- he wasn't far away from the incident. Um, and obviously the fourth one, that's, again, Candace, um, you know, throws himself into the box. 
but Dallas should see where the foul is taking place originally, because um, that's where the letter of the law states. It's where the offence take place takes place, yeah. not where it ends up being in. Um, but it's you know he's got previous for um, getting mixed up what part of the area it's from. You know, because yeah. we obviously had that incident in the cup final, which was a not a um, a deliberate handball, and b it was nowhere <laughs> near box. inside the box. So yeah. you know, this is where we get the you know um, about his incompetency, and there, there was the decision um, in the St John's and Hearts game where no player by the guy yeah. on the ground appealed and even when he appealed that was just in hope um, <laughs> so... that was a worse penalty because it was just no contact whatsoever there was just no challenge yeah. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't understand for the life of me why he gave that so um, yes Andrew Dallas has been conned by Defoe but Andrew Dallas is very easily conned mm-hmm. uh, but I, I don't even think the St John's player was conning anybody in that game he just went down no, um, and then yeah. thought I'm down I for it yeah. I, th- I think uh, one of you has touched on it earlier, I think it was you Chris, or we've touched on this before though, the, the, the serious problem as well is the fact that the referees don't get help from their assistants, they, no, no. they're actually, I, mean, I see it all the time, and whether it's some, a, a thing that comes from the top that they've just been given this title assistant referees, but actually the referee is the final call for everything, and they are very much it's my way or, or the highway type thing. You see it very rarely, whereby you see an assistant help out and make a decision, and that's all levels of football. I mean, that's I'll watch it at juniors all the time, and I'll see it. And the assistants, you wonder why they're there. You'd, you'd be as well just sent a fan on each side here. Here's a flag. <laughs> do you want to run the line? I mean, that's what they do at youth football, and actually in youth what? football, you see actually fair decisions getting made. It's I don't know what the situation is with the assistants, what their actual remit is. My understanding. My understanding of it is that the, the it's very much up to the referee. So if the referee wants to his linesman to tell him that's that next time, then they can do that. But also some referees prefer it just to do it himself, and the linesman's here to run the line. And that's all he's here to do. Yeah, uh, so he, he may ask for assistance at some point, but he's not really encouraging him to speak up. So I don't know if that's the case here, but I certainly Dallas went to um, his linesman for the. Third penalty. Oh, I can't really which penalty it is. Um, but I, so he went to him for that one to double check where it was because he thought it was outside the box. And that's what the linesman obviously called it wrong. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like, to, to, to finish the point I was making about the the referees having a, a, a wide setting over the weekend, the Celtic game had, so, had a perfect example of, we, we all have this joke term of honest mistake, where we just think, haha, it's a referee just trying to make up for it, the fact that he's made a complete horrocks of it again. For me, there is an honest mistake in the Celtics and Johnson game because the the challenge on Ollie Burke, which people, and was, I think it was the first half, that people yeah. were saying, oh, it was a penalty, oh, it wasn't a penalty. See, when you slow it right down to get the, the slow motion replay, you can see that the challenge hits Burke before it hits the ball. And then hits the ball off Burke and it goes out for a goal kick. So the goal kick part is right, but because he's cluttered Burke before he's hit the ball, it's technically mm-hmm. a penalty. The problem with that is you need the slow motion to see it. At real speed, there's no way Willie Collum can tell that man's been that first. So that, for me, is an honest mistake. There is no way you can accuse Willie Collum of getting that wrong on purpose. Because it's just, you can't see it at that time, so he can't give it. He's not set. That's exactly how it should be. The problem I've got with Willie Collum is we, we, had two, we could have two penalties in the second half in the one move. Because yeah. <laughs> Christie get tackled at waist height, which... As we know from one Celtic Rangers game a couple of seasons ago, Bobby Madden certainly doesn't give. Um, but there was another one just a few seconds later where a St. Johnson defender went and we studs up 
Uh, Andy, yeah. Andy, Andy Walker claims that the, this was a, not a penalty, but it would be a free kick outside the box because Andy Walker's an idiot. Uh, <laughs> but this is what the crippled Edward. They went off injured after this. Yeah, it's not a bad way, Edward as well, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and in both cases, this is a, they were obvious fouls, and Billy Com gave neither of them. So mm-hmm. the, the, there's a vast array of, of penalty decisions across two games that mm-hmm. are, almost every single one has a different aspect. To it. <laughs> yeah, and they add to the um, the Celtic conspiracy theory that we love to um, gloss over every time that it's brought up. Um, but that's but... the thing, we're talking about no fewer than about eight penalty decisions here. Uh, and one of them went against Rangers, four of them went for Rangers, um, three of them went against Celtic. So that, there's a bit of a swing there towards the team currently sitting in second place. So, but it's just I I I don't really buy into this whole conspiracy theory. I just think our referees are terrible, yeah. and there's no consistency with them, and there's no punishment for them when they're bad. The idea of punishing a referee in our country is to demote them to the championship. Yeah. I, I think we could probably be on the Spanish football forums podcast and we'd probably be talking about the same thing because we see big tournaments, World Cups, the Euros and all that. We still see bloody shocking refereeing decisions as well. Yeah. I, I just think it's a, it's a job I could not do. I, I mean, no. I, I think whoever does it must like you know, the train spotting two scene whereby if you've seen train spotting two and there's the, get the hot girl and uh, sick boys getting the girl to basically shaft them up the ass. That, that's basically what you're asking for if you're an referee, isn't it? <laughs> but you, but yeah, the whole the, everyone's getting to see it. To, to be honest, <laughs> I thought you were going. I thought you were going to go down the. Uh, you might want to check what their pin number is and their card. But then we we'll go back. <laughs> well, we we'll go back to looking at. Back to the question. I mean, yes, exactly. Why would you want to do it? I can understand maybe I. You're interested in football and you want to maybe get to the top of your game. You you couldn't make it as a footballer, so you're doing that, but yeah. It's just a, you're just asking to be punished in a way. I'm no advocating, I no advocating by the way that folks should be having a go at them in terms of anything that gets too serious. I think it's all right mm-hmm. to criticise them yeah. within within reason. Same as there's like players. I, I don't particularly like criticising players too much because I think it comes back to bite you. Uh, you, you see it that many times when the crowd when you certain players thrive on it. They thrive on fans having mm-hmm. a go at them, like Chris Boyd for example. Or Absolutely, Scott Brown. I mean, Scott Brown loves it. He's he loved, Neil Lennon in the past loved it mm-hmm. I sometimes think if you're over, overly critical um, at games itself it doesn't do anything for you it's like with referees as well and I'll maybe see it more in the juniors than I see it anywhere else because the referees will hear it a bit more because it's a smaller crowd but you think mm-hmm. see if you're constantly the crowd constantly yapping in that referee's ear now the likelihood is that I, it's only going to go two ways you're going to think oh shit I need to like, go with the home support here and start giving decisions or you're going to start thinking if fans don't show up, I'm just going to get all the decisions to their A team. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the, the perfect example is Andrew's dad. In that game, he got hit with a coin. The next thing he did was give a penalty against Celtic. Good. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I would have done that. Aye. Me scalped by a coin. You two right, I'm giving something against your team. Mm-hmm. I have absolutely, I have no problem in doing that. And I say that as a Celtic fan. I know I'm not very popular saying that, but mm-hmm. I, I have no problem. I mean, he should, yes, he should rise above it, but in that instance, hi, tonight. Mm-hmm. I, there was other decisions in that game I've got a big problem with when it comes to Hugh Dallas, but that specific one, nah. Yeah. Uh, do, you remember, do you remember a few years back there was talk, that maybe it was when the, the referee strike and all that happened, and there was talk about trying to get ex-players involved, refereeing. <laughs> but were any ex-players actually even be interested in refereeing? No. 
I wouldn't want to uh, go down that road. You know, um... I from don't know the rules. Aye. Well, you'd also as well have massive conspiracies with that as well because you know mm-hmm. most will probably play our support yeah. with the referees now. Um, yeah. Exactly. What, what I will go back to um, with the, the Rangers game, I mean, would, did the um, the decisions affect the result? Probably not because Rangers would have probably won um, quite comfortably. Anyway. They had the most shots. Man didn't even have a shot and goal all game. Um the Rangers were already in front before the first farcical penalty decision. Um, so it shouldn't deter from Rangers' victory, but it's just a shame that uh, the result is glossed by the fact that um, Andrews Dallas was incompetent at his job. Um, but and just to go back to uh, the Defoe incident, Michael Stewart, who I've got a lot of respect for, I always say he's praised, I think he talks a lot of sense, I think he's one of the best there. But saying using his deflection tactic, um, anticipating contact, Michael... He dived. I totally agree with Steve Clark on this one. He should be getting his two-match ban. I do suspect Steve Clark might be saying that because the Scottish Cup is coming up this weekend um, and the Commander are playing all your Rangers. Yeah. <laughs> but um, he's right. He, what he says is right because um, he's, he's yet to come out and criticise his own player for going down easily as he actually said in the press conference um, Jordan Jones should be criticised for that because he did he dived um, but mm-hmm. leaving that part aside he's absolutely spot on if you're going to be consistent Jordan Jones was given a two match ban for diving and a game he won a penalty the four has to get the same mm-hmm. yeah we'll see what happens uh, I'd imagine there was the other thing though I've seen as well people saying online well Craig Levine uh get basically into trouble for bringing the game into distribute. Is Steve Clark doing the same technically? I don't know. Because managers are obviously not allowed to criticise referees in public. Does he then end up getting a, a, a fine? Possibly. Wouldn't surprise me. He'll pay it. Yeah. I think he didn't pay the last one. Yeah. But I, I don't like that either because the managers are just stating managers get asked questions all the time they're just stating their opinion when it comes to yeah. decisions most of which are in the games that they're involved in um, it's been a bit more cheeky when it comes to the fact that it's a game that wasn't involved in but and if they've seen it then one way and they disagree with what the referee's given I think they're entitled to say it yeah. I think going back to uh, when you're talking about the, the whole uh, predicting contact almost then I think that's something no I would imagine in training grounds managers say to players yeah. I think we probably I think even some managers have actually come out and said before yeah I encourage players to go down almost mm-hmm. not maybe say that in those direct those direct words but I think certainly there's always that element that players are trying to get any kind of advantage and there'll be some players that will do it quite yeah, happily I, don't hate, I, think I think don't think like, no, I'm not doing it I don't think there's a doubt that some of them um, encourage it because uh, you hear the saying, um, if you get touched, go down, um, yep. which is something that really annoys me. Although I can understand to a degree why they do it because you see someone who's kicked in the box, they try to stay on their feet and the ball runs out for a goal kick and the referee does nothing because yeah. he stayed up. So, you know... Um, that only encourages the fact that people need to go down instead. Whereas yeah. we should be encouraging them to stay on their feet and the referee should be going back and awarding the penalty after advantage doesn't come. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And... Um, but going to Celtic, the, defi- um, the decisions didn't really affect them too much. They just got on with the job and um, Timmy, whilst it was a bad thing for Edward getting injured, the blessing was Timothy Weir came on and changed the game. Um, yeah. Superb assist for first one and uh, well taken second one. Um, and yeah, good three points for Celtic to finish with. Nine men for two different reasons because James Forrest got injured um, and they'd use all their subs and then Chris Fire 
definite red card in the 92nd minute when it didn't matter. Nah, nah, <laughs> not having that, not having that. There's no way that's an obvious goal scoring opportunity. There's two men coming across the cover. I think they were quite a bit back. Nah, it's, it's, not, it's, not like, it's not like the Mikey Devlin win where there was 40 yards for goal and uh, Shea Logan's coming across. Yeah, precisely. And this is exactly why I'm saying there's absolutely no point appealing this. I don't think that's a red card. I don't think there's anywhere near a goal scoring opportunity. But you're right, it's nowhere near the Mikey Devlin one. And that one stood ridiculously. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. To be fair to I, I don't even ever complained. No, he just got on with it. I know he, he just got on with it. I don't think he can uh, see. He seems like that kind of guy anyway. Uh, it does cause you have to get a few problems out enough because these injuries that were picked up and then we've got suspensions and we've run out of players to play against Hudson midweek. Uh, well, you say that. You've still got a pretty big, you've still got a big squad. You've got a big squad. Deal with these types of things. If, if it had been uh, before the window, well, if it had been December, I, I think I'd say you've been struggling, but you've got a few more players I think now that will kind of help, help out. Uh, yeah. On a side note with Timothy Weir, I'm guessing it must be happening. Surely in the the crowd there is chance of boom, boom, boom. Let me hear you say Weir. <laughs> I haven't heard it. Has, it must be. I've, I've, I've not really managed to see a Celtic game live recently, so <laughs> um, I don't know whether that's been done or not. It wouldn't surprise me. If uh, it's not, then it should be really. Aye, yeah. some player. Uh, he's definitely made a, a major impact since coming in. Yeah, no doubt. He's very looks quick. very intelligent as a player as well. He, he, do, he, looks, he looks a good find, I think. We'll be getting the six months out of him and then he'll be going back to PSG. I don't think there's much doubt that uh, that'll be happening. But he's, mm-hmm. it's good to see that uh, the boy himself is enjoying himself so much. Yeah. He's, he's loving time at Celtic so far. Um, Ollie Burke's the same. He's, he's delighted at his time. Uh, I don't know if you've seen his face in that picture that Football <laughs> Scott put up earlier. He didn't look happy at all, Ollie Burke. Aye, uh, well... <laughs> Maybe he thinks he's signed for the Celtic women's team. That's a bizarre <laughs> you, you don't do that the other way around. I mean, if you do, well, here's a new sponsor for the, the Celtic men's team. You don't get what, a woman to stand in the middle of the picture, do you? Unless you're at Air United. <laughs> ah, well, Air United, they do kit launches for women. Aye. Yes, that's right. right. Aye. With the, with the kit. Aye. It's well, a very with the kit that's painted on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, aye. <laughs> So, but I mean, it was a good, it was a really good result for Celtic. I mean, that's back to back wins against the Johnson because it was obviously a midweek game as well, which was was catching up. It's funny how things worked out actually because it's, it's, eh? <laughs> it's kind of like Celtic had twice this week had to win two 0 to go six points clear in the league, <laughs> having beaten St Johnson. Yeah. It's it just funny how even that game has moved to the Sunday. So. I know. Aye. But, uh, I, mean, I get to play Hamson now, back playing to Johnson the Cup again. I know. That's, that's mm-hmm. sort of interesting. But um, full credit to Xander Clark in, in both games. He's been, he's been pulling off some terrific saves. Yeah. Uh, it's a bit harsh on him the fact that Celtic's goal came from James Forrest appearing from nowhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was more Scott Tanza falling asleep than anything else. Um, I think but, so. But they've been defended well until then. He was having great saves and stuff. And then the second goal's a break up the park. I mean, it's it's a poor touch. And then at one end of the park, and then suddenly it's three on one at the other. Yeah. But um, did you see Tommy Wright um, interview afterwards uh, where he was talking about Xander Clark? And he says um, he just had a big dig at um, Peter Grant's comments early in the season. Um, I thought it was quite interesting. He wasn't happy because I think um, Peter Grant says something about. Um, was basically slagging Xander Clark off for losing six goals against Celtic last time and that diminishes his international chances well I think Xander Clark's as good a keeper as any to be 
anticipation for um, a Scotland place when you consider Jamie McDonald was in when he had been dropped by Kilmarnock. Yeah, I think Clark's definitely a contender. At least as a number three, why not have a young keeper in? Learning off the likes of McGregor or Gordon or whoever's the, the top two keepers. Well, there's an interesting point. You say Scott Bain. Yeah, can't get in the team. And deservedly so because Scott Bain's keeping them out. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's no, no goals I've conceded so far this season. Yeah, this year, sorry. Yeah. This season. This calendar year. Uh, now, I know we've played like Smurden and Hamilton and Airdrie and stuff. That's two games against Johnson. Maybe we should have conceded at the weekend there because there was some, some cracking chances for St. Johnson before Celtic managed to open the score. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the Tony Watt one at the back post, especially. How did he not yeah. head that? Yeah, uh, there's a couple of chances. I St. Johnson mm-hmm. had great good chances. Yeah. Good to, uh, in terms of the transfer window, obviously he talk, spoke a bit about Celtic. Did. Obviously they get Toljan in as well, who I think probably a good... Uh, I was going to say purchase, but a good loan signing. Is that a view to buying him? Um, I don't yeah, think so. That I think that's another one we've got for short term and they'll be going back to where he came from. Yeah, it's, 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 quite, it's quite a worrying transfer window as far as I'm concerned because we've seen we've done one of two things. We've either brought in a bunch of six-month loans that don't have any option to buy or we've brought in projects. Um, I don't know what Bio's going to be like. Uh, I don't know if he's a, another one for the future or if he's one that we don't know about. Obviously, Sveds went back to the, the Ukrainian league. We supposedly loaned the two guys in America back to American teams, but one of them's had to come back because MLS didn't recognise it. Yeah. Um, was it Guzan? That's his name. I can't remember his name. Right Gutman or something? Aye, Gutman. Aye. So he's had to come back. So I don't know what they're doing with him now. Uh, but from Johnson's point of view, they, uh, the boy Goss that main, was at Rangers, I thought he looked a good player at times at Rangers. Yeah, I think it's a very good sign for them. I mean, I thought he was a wee bit hot and cold at Rangers, but he started off well, um, but then faded a wee bit. But I think he's definitely a good sign for St. Johnson, without question. I think he'll get more game time. and um, it, Yeah, I think it's a good signing. Who, who's Probably a bit different that... to what they've got in midfield, Cammy yeah. Bell. I, he just, ever since that, um, Motherwell playoff game he's just went from club to club and not made any impact he's either not been playing or he's been dropped straight away like Dundee United like get rid of him after think. season yeah Dundee United get rid of him after season Kamarnock he couldn't get in the team Hibs he couldn't get in the team Thistle he's been involved in a relegation battle and Gary Cobble shipped him back out yeah see uh, last week uh, the, uh, Jason Kerr signed his new deal yeah you two year mm-hmm. yeah two year extension so I think he's contracted 21 or 22. Uh, I wasn't sure if that was last Monday or last Tuesday saying that deal. Yeah. I think it was the Tuesday because the Monday we spoke about um, the Barnsley with of 100,000 which was an insult and he said yeah. the two years um, extension either the Tuesday or the Wednesday I can't remember but it's a good um, good signing and uh, it means that if anyone wants some St Johnson can demand a, a good bit more money which is good to see yeah. um, especially on the back of um, ourselves holding off Stokes bid from Scott McKenna. It's good to see our clubs holding it for a bit more closer to their true value or even excessively more and quite right, why should they take advantage of England's um, expensive market? That was an interesting one, the McKenna one, because the talk was that there had been bids made in the last day, but then other reports said that that those bids from Stoke had been made two weeks prior, because Stoke actually signed another centre-back, Danny Bath, I think, from Wolverhampton. So some reports suggested that yeah, that there was no bids on deadline day. It, the bids from McKenna had been about a week or so before. So I don't know. But, aye, the good thing certainly is that, yeah, that we've mm-hmm. kept a hold of them. 
Maybe I'll move on to Aberdeen transfer window. I think some people have seen as disappointing, but Derek McInnes has always, always liked to, well, to, to work with a, a smaller size squad and has arguably signed one of the players of the season. We weren't expecting it to get Craig Stewart back, I don't think. It depends what way um, you look at it. I mean, people will look at the numbers and think, well, five players are getting low and there's not been many replaced, and Max Lowe was already. Look there, we just got him back, etc. But I, th- I look at the the positives are Mike Low, Mike Slow. We thought we were losing, we kept him. Greg Stewart, we brought in, um, and we retained Scott McKenna. We've kept hold of Shane McKay Stephen for now. Yeah, we could lose him for nothing at the end of the season, but they're going to be valuable between now and the end of the season. So yep. from that there, point, there's of view, a it's crucial part. hanging on to Gary McKay Stephen because he's been terrific from. Look at that turn they had in the game. <laughs> oh, well, I, I was it was saying, described as filth on um, Twitter. <laughs> yeah, Aye, that is... terrific form. I wouldn't say he's been the same since he came back from his injury, but yeah, he's definitely It's going to take him to get back to his form he had early in the season, considering he was out for seven weeks with that concussion. Um, it's obviously not his confidence a little bit as well, but Saturday, for what I saw in the highlights, when you're obviously going to tell us a bit more, but um, he looked pretty much close back to his best bar the penalty miss. He had a different role to play. Uh, I, I didn't really notice as much in the game, even though I was at it, but reports are saying that we were playing three in the back. I didn't really see it as that. I see that as a quite a kind of versatile formation that we played. Mm-hmm. I didn't think we were... At times we were two up front, at times we were three up front. At times it looked like we were like four up front at times. Um, tactically, stuff was generally spot on. The only kind of real moments are a doubt where can bury it sometimes getting in behind, um, but he couldn't finish. And the goal that we lost, whereby at times in the first half, Celtic, not Celtic, sorry, Hibs, probably had more men in the middle of the park because they, they were very, very narrow. I mean, obviously, there's yeah, Kamarik and Jones hasn't played, and Kamarik are compact. Hibs were the most compact team I think I've ever seen. I mean, the fullbacks. Gray and Stevenson, I don't even think, really got past the halfway line much. Um, no you had the extra men in the middle of the park for the boy Hibs and Celtic. Well, <laughs> aye, it was difficult, aye. But uh, formation-wise, yeah, I mean, Shirley and Ferguson certainly in the middle of the park. Um, at the back, Tommy Holbin was terrific. Um, I, I, I did steal this one from a fan that I heard who called him Hulk Holbin. Delight. <laughs> um, he, he was tremendous. That, that's the first I've seen him play at centre back live. I've seen him very composed, similar to Devlin, I would say, in terms of reads the game superbly, good talker. And when Devlin, well, McKenna is number one centre back for certain, but when Devlin comes back in and is fit, you might find it hard to dislodge Holborn from the team. He was that good. Uh, Considine, great reactions for the goal. Um, was that already in? Well, I'm not, I don't that? know. <laughs> the, the, the replay didn't really show whether that... Because the obviously follows that in to make sure. Uh, but I don't know if that was already over the line. Because whoever nah. the line was a good couple of yards over it. Nah. Uh, just great reaction. But he was good at the back as well. He was solid defensively. Yeah. Hoban and uh, Constantine took really well with Canberra and Shaw, actually. Uh, much as Shaw scored the goal, you can blame the defence for that. Mm-hmm. Midfield. I mean, Shinny maybe hasn't had his as good a season as what he had previously. The second half, uh, he was everywhere. Uh, right until the end of the match. And considering the year we were playing, maybe against them having extra men in the field, he, he was a, a true captain's performance. But the, mm-hmm. the Aberdeen team, there was no one that even played remotely badly. Um, 
Che Logan was, I would say, back taking up somewhere near his best as well. Um, maybe not getting as forward as much. Bats Low was basically playing like a left winger. He had the freedom on the left to do whatever he wanted against Gray. I think only I can really remember Gray tackling him once. Um, there was a disappointment because Cosgrove got off early. Probably due to him as being a bit more physical than what they are normally. But also as well, he'd had um, problems, I think, after the Stenhouse-Muir game where he felt spasm in his back on Thursday. Yeah. But then James Wilson comes on. And James Wilson, we've at times talked about him, John and me, and probably fans as well, have said he kind of looks like he can't be arsed a lot of the time. There certainly wasn't that um, accusation on Saturday. Whether it's partly in terms of maybe him getting fitter after maybe um, going away in Dubai, he was terrific. And again, like the Livingston game, he shows terrific bursts of pace at times where he just glides past players like there's after not there. The thing is probably a bit like with May we've spoken about before. He needs to just hit the net a wee bit more often. He had yeah. a couple of really good chances. Should have scored probably at least one of them. Um, but I, I, I do think if he, if he gets a goal with someone that could easily go on a run like what Cosgrove has done for us. Mm-hmm. It was clever as well at times. Wilson was actually playing almost like an inside left. He wasn't playing as a striker or such. He was playing mm-hmm. in an area in between the full-back and the centre-backs. Uh, Hibs, and likewise with Greg Stewart as well, who just... Come on, I think some Kowarit fans were trying to say McInnes doesn't know how to play him. Well, if you're watching him on uh, Saturday, he, he was making it look easy. He's, he's just a player that's full of confidence. And yeah, at times made it just look as if football was an easy game. Yeah, I think... Um, and then Ferguson... I've never noticed it as much, but he shows great strength and probably buys clever fouls at times, but the penalty is definitely a penalty. Um, yeah. Great strength for him as well to win the penalty. Uh, and mm-hmm. for a young guy, playing the middle of the park, doing really well. Yeah, you're right. The penalty is definitely a penalty. The only question I've got in this is, is the equaliser that Sean never got. I'm not, I don't know if he was offside or not. Again, we only really got one angle of this and it was tight. Whoever was in the middle with him was offside. But the ball sealed over his head. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good finish for sure. But, but did he um, make him move the ball? Is that maybe where it's coming? No, it's, it's too high for him to get anywhere near it. Opposite end for me, so I can't comment. Aye, the game, I'd like to say the, the angle of sports team doesn't show it, so I, mean, I can't really criticise if it was or not. It could have been. So there didn't I'll, appear I'll to be. Yeah, there didn't also appear to be too many um, complaints. Yeah, he's no. maybe let's say what, but there's not been like running into referees' faces, so sometimes that can be a bit of a giveaway. Um, yeah, it's a it's a good result. I mean, I was at the game uh, last Tuesday in the replay, and just um, I thought Hoban played well in that. But it's Stenhouse me in the cup, and you're not going to um, have much um, defensive work to do. Um, so it was good to get the win there, and then um, take that into Saturday. Uh, terrific performance, and hopefully more to come this week um, with two big home games in two different competitions. So yeah, an interesting week. Slightly more interesting yeah. that game actually because it's not well I'm assuming BBC Thirty were picking up Aberdeen Dundee obviously it's Aberdeen Queen of the South yeah um, which probably brings back bad memories <laughs> yeah well it's, at least it's not a semi-final yeah uh, <laughs> so, so two two rounds in a row you're getting bad memories <laughs> <laughs> previous yeah. rounds you've got a good well, well, you good well, way to get rid of demons yeah well technically well, technically, we um, did get some form of revenge over Queen of South in 2012. We met them at this stage, albeit after a replay. We drew 1-1, a horrible game at Victoria was at. Um, but then we beat them uh, 2-1 at, at Palmerston, the replay. Uh, a late Andy Constantine winner. So, um, 
I think the only way we'd properly ever get revenge over Queen is if we beat them in the semi-final again or beat them in the Scottish Cup final, so we'll just let them have their day. Um, but to be fair, we'll pro- we could beat Queen of in our five or six times the Scottish Cup um, consecutively and people will still always talk about 2008. And probably rightly so. Yeah. Well, it was just a time it just we just could not win semi-finals. Yeah, exactly. No, it's finals that we but At least we'll get yeah, there. Mean- to be fair, Queen of South gave a good account of himself in that final as well. They did. Mm-hmm. Was it 2-0 down there when they come back to each? Yeah. Uh, then... Sunday will be a tough game as well. Oh, aye, definitely. I mean, Stephen Dobie's won 37 goals. I know Queen of South <laughs> beat the weekend, but... Um, or Falkirk. Um, but, yeah, that'll still be a very hard game. And Nicky Lowe has been a former Aberdeen player. He's been playing well yeah. for Queen of South. Um, yeah, they're, they're going to be a hard nut to crack. Um, they're oh, a bit of asset in the championship, but... Aye, yeah. I was just going to say, I mean, we touched the championship there. Queen of South lost, was it Falkirk that beat them? Yeah, Falkirk's first home win of the season. Aye, so, uh, I mean, Falkirk and, and Partick Thistle above them, their last four games are two wins and two draws. Mm-hmm. Starting to claw that difference back. It's, I mean, they're only a point behind Alward, who's a two points uh, further adrift than Dunfermline. So, it's, suddenly, it's very interesting at the bottom of that week. And with the... The battle at the top of the division as well. It's just, we, we, we always promise that the championship is going to be a really interesting division, and this season it seems to manage to be even more so. Yeah. Uh, so the second half of that season is going to be terrific in that week. Well, probably in a way, what helps Aberdeen is the fact that the result they had against Stenhouse made at Petordi. That maybe just makes them go right, aye, you need to be switched on. Yeah. You can't, you can't uh, yeah. take your eye off things and maybe think you've got an easier mm-hmm. game. Yeah. The other thing as well, going back to the transfer window, though, and Aberdeen and letting go of players, you looked at the bench on Saturday for Aberdeen and there were still really good options coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. Wilson yeah. came off, I mean, McKinnon, McLennan never even got in the pitch. Obviously, that was partly because of the injuries that, that occurred. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully, both are all right for Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, but the other one was, I, I'd called the, the, the last substitution quite early in the second half. I thought Gleason would be the one who would come on. Yeah, Gleason and Campbell were the two that were warming up and it was the right change to make yeah. just to get a wee bit of control and just see the game out. Mm-hmm. But definitely the best I would have played for potentially all season in terms of attacking football. Possibly a bit a bit too expansive at times. Uh, mm-hmm. But Hibs were really poor, I thought. Um, yeah. Very different type of approach to what Lennon had them doing last season. It was very much ball over the top, physical... Narrow. I mean, Gold didn't start. I don't know what was happening there. Whether he was fit, but they had very little creativity in their team. I think. Um, I think Hibs were just wanting to um, make it physical, and they didn't think it was the right game for Ryan Gold. Um, that's the only thing I can say about that. Um, Eddie may obviously can't wait to get out that seat quick enough. Um, <laughs> but at least uh, Hibs clarified the reasons for Lennon leaving. Not. Yeah, yep, I think you it find that more. <laughs> it, it doesn't happen. <laughs> you, don't, you don't hear why managers leave now. It's all mutual consent, card yeah. and leave. And ah, yeah, the, the, the statement that have to go right, I get legal issues and stuff like that. It, yeah, pose most that, questions and answers. Yeah, I think I think it's as simple as the statement that Hibs put out pretty much tells us what happened exactly. Because without telling us, because Hibs had to come out and basically say he has not been sacked. He has not resigned. This is just the contract has been mutually agreed to end, as if we suspended him and nothing happened. Yeah, but they denied suspending him, which made it even more 
apocalyptic. It was like he wasn't suspended. He's not been sacked. He's not resigned. He's just left. Aye. So Aye. I think I it was the media though that said he'd been suspended. It wasn't either the club uh-huh. or Lennon that said he'd been suspended. So that's the media again yeah. up to playing it's, funny buggers. It's definitely been walked back. That's that's been pretty clear, and the the talk was it was lawyers in to discuss all this. So it's yeah. been very it's been made very clear that Neil Lennon has done absolutely nothing wrong here. So that seems to be Hibs have done something very badly wrong. Yeah, that's Pierre Pierre Hanlon. The Pierre Hanlon has been atrocious. Um, so I'll be interested to see who takes on that hot seat next. Yeah, I think they'll go for a, a left field appointment. I mean, people will bring out the old names like Alan Stubbs because he's been there before. They'll go back there, and some ex Hibs players will be linked to it, but. If you look at some of Hibs' track record recently, like Tony Aubrey was one out of the blue, um, Stubbs himself was one out of the blue, Neil Lennon was pretty much one out of the blue, um, Pat Fenland for different reasons was one out of the blue, but um, I think they'll go down that kind of road again. I don't think they'll go for people that we say that we'll probably speculate on here in some of the media. Yeah. Do you know what? I thought it'd been a possibility before Scott Brown signed his deal. I thought maybe Scott Brown ended the season, but then he signed a two-year deal with Celtic. So. Yeah. Maybe it's Martin Cannon, look, um, our, <laughs> mate, our mate Aldo keeps saying. Um, but um, yeah, so Hamil- yeah, so Hamilton after sacking um, Martin Cannon on the, the Tuesday, they, had, they, they um, came out and said they had six applicants. Um, the chief executive then that night said, well, we've whittled it down to four. Um, it's going to be someone experienced. Two days later, yeah, it was an experienced man in terms of coaching, but zero managerial experience. Brian Nice. Yep. But maybe that's what they want as a coach as opposed to a manager. Yeah, it's a head coach, he's technically. Um, so uh, maybe a, sometimes a coach does more than a manager with the players. Mm-hmm. Oh, did you see Sports Scene's um, caption when they were reviewing the game? Hamilton Attackies. Yeah, it was quite decent. It was all right. Yeah. Mind it. Aye. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, but they pulled themselves out of the whole. podcast material, title material, but. Nah, right. We're stealing it anyway. But I mean, they came back right at the desk there. Um, just when you thought maybe it was going to be a, a, a win for Dundee. They've, they've pulled it out of the bag with that McKinnon strike. So, um, I can't remember. Is he point, at least? But where, where, where we recorded last week when we were talking about McKinnon and Emery? I can't yes. remember. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, McKinnon's just showed me up. That's all that is. Let's put it that way. That uh, one so game wonder, come on. What about the other it's, 37? It, it's a terrific strike. I mean, give uh-huh. us credit. Um, that yeah. could be, it could, I mean, coming into the season, that could be a very vital strike, you don't know. I think he scored a good goal against Dundee last season. Um, so he has that once every so often, but, um, without being a thug. Um, but I think a draw was probably a fair result. Um, Scott Wright, from an Aberdeen perspective on loan, um, he, he looked pretty good, and I think he'll do well there with Dundee with more game time and um, hopefully come back to ourselves a better player. But here now he's a big, going to be a big player for Dundee and I don't think that result did either team much good they no. moved a point away further from someone who were playing Ibrox but um, you wouldn't say they pulled away from danger and but, that result would have suited someone to the ground Yeah, my, my favourite bit of this game was the Rami after the, the Ziggy Gordon challenge yeah. I think he was entitled to go for that do you know, mm-hmm. the ball was there so I, I, yeah, yeah, it caused the Rami afterwards but Aye, you can't even get a good Ramey in Scottish football. Aye, yeah. It was a bit harsh. To, uh, to that size of a but Hamilton certainly had a good approach to the game. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, they needed to get something at that game, I think, and they got it. So, mm-hmm. it's what they do the rest of the season that's going to be the, the, the key point as to whether they stay up or not. And that's the, the new setup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, they're at home. Uh, it's it's some good goalkeeping from both sides, I thought, in the game. Aye, both teams have um, yeah, 
apart from the Dundee keeper towards the end where he um, came to kick the ball but he um, didn't get there which led to the equaliser but um, it's not his fault for the equaliser because um, McKinnon's strike takes a little nick and goes into the top corner but yeah I think the two keepers throughout the game made some good saves apart from that one moment at the end Aye but even then I think prior to that it was I think you could fully blame the keeper I think it yeah. came down to desire from Hamilton uh, mm-hmm. The number 11 won the ball in midfield and then Hamilton get the break of the ball and score. Mm-hmm. Can't mind who the number 11 is. <laughs> Hamilton, I'll be honest with you. Oh, that, that was oh. a that was a chance. Um, Whoever he is. Oh, yeah. That's right. Both of our formless podcasts, is it, times? I'm <laughs> terrible <laughs> for it. That guy. I used to be great. I used to be great. I knew every player in Scottish football, whereas I could probably name I. You, you look at some of the teams now and you're like, who are these players? Well, well, at the Aberdeen um, Stesmere game last week in the Cup, um, the the boy that scored the own goal, I think his name's actually Rory Donaldson, but at the time nobody knew his name. And um, on the back of Sam Cosgrove Ballon d'Or chant, it then became um, number three Ballon d'Or. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that was a cracking own goal. You, know, you almost turned away thinking, oh, it's a poor cross, it's going to be um, just head away for a corner. Nope, back of the net. <laughs> poor Rory so, Donaldson. Aye. Transfer window wise, though, Dundee, we spoke at the start of it, Dundee have certainly done a fair bit of business to change that team. Mm-hmm. Whether it'll work out for them, I'm not sure, but the, the boy Robson as well, on loan from Sunderland, they get in. Mm-hmm. Martin Woods. Martin Woods has been there for a while. Um, but aye, they've made some, I think Dundee will be the ones that um, pull away out the three, and I think it's between Hamilton and St. Man for the bottom two. Um, when did they get one side? Was that just recent? What was it? I missed that one. I was too busy refreshing to see what Aberdeen were doing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, they've actually made some alright signings, didn't mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a combination of the signings and Jim McIntyre will be enough. Um, I just. I don't think Hamilton St. Man. Um, I think I've seen Hamilton St. Man for who's finishing bottom and who's playing in the, the playoffs. I would. Uh, the poll had it as either Hamilton or St Mirren, didn't they? Yeah. They were equal in votes on Twitter. I don't know whether you were doing it on Facebook because I don't use Facebook. But... Well, Facebook only allows you two, which is an absolute pain in the backside. Um, so what I did with Hamilton was um, with um, Brian Rice's um, appointment. Um, or so with the second Martin Cannon change their fortunes, and the majority of them said no. I can't remember the percentage, but... Um, well, I suppose by then you could say change of fortunes could be no as and they'll stay up, because Hamilton always stay up. I think it That's was... Well, yeah. they stay up, well, they stay up, or will they... I think it was, well, yeah. they stay up, or will they go down? And that, Aye, that should was I stay or should I go? Are we just doing some, um, a retro fest here? Because we've had um, the um, Boom 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 Wea song, and now we're doing... <laughs> See as many song kits, how many song titles we can get in the podcast. Aye. <laughs> uh, one hit wonders. The, the Clash weren't one hit wonders. Neither were Delta <laughs> I'm joking. Delta Here Brothers had at, least, had at least two good songs. <laughs> Aye, two. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my favourite blog title of the season was a song title, actually. Because it, it, was, it was fun off. It's been the first time we played St. Johnson this season. Um, and there was all sorts of issues with Celtic and the transfer window and what, what obviously the Bayata stuff was still fresh in the mind and uh, Dembele had just left so it, was, it came to my mind that um, there was obviously a, a, 
a variety of problems at Celtic and I'll play St Johnson so I just pulled one at the Fonz machine various storms and scents perfect <laughs> that's my, my favourite maybe my favourite bog day whatever other than the one I did at the weekend there, I just went Groundhog Day <laughs> well, well I think think... Kelly Brooks Lady Garden still that, yeah. that, oh, as far as podcasting was going that one yeah. was going to be a massive <laughs> task to beat yes in terms of song titles for podcasts, um, we could even have one this week. Um, Bohemians Farsity. Given the um, Bohemians... Yeah, um, yeah we have mentioned that, yeah, yeah. have we? So, yeah. so, so adding on to the fact that the uh, <laughs> SPFL re- arranged a tie with an Irish team after the season had finished, um, they then rearranged it for a time when the weather sucked so much they postponed it four minutes before kick-off. <laughs> Yeah, and it was postponed before because the players were on a holiday, I think. Aye, that was that, that's, mm-hmm. the, the, the reason after the season was finished. So they couldn't play it until now. And then when they tried to play it now, they, they just couldn't play it because the pitch was frozen or something. Um, so having now done that, Bohemians have said, we can't arrange it now because it, we're trying to rearrange that fixture would be a nightmare for us. So we're pulling out. I think we're reading the SPFL statement. It almost seems to be that they were asked to just go and just um, pull out because it's embarrassing for us. It's um, embarrassing for yourselves because you didn't get this game on when you should have done. Just um, take the take some of the flack off yourselves and pull out. Maybe East Fife for raging after that night out in Dublin. You see the price of stuff in Dublin. My God, that's probably what it is. They probably did get a freebie and they had to pay. Dan Dan Young said um, that you know some some East Fife fans were. getting this as a Christmas present <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know because um, that's how long ago the age is high so obviously some people say we'll, we'll treat you to Dublin a weekend in Dublin to, um, you know support East Fife um, and, ruined and, and, and a night out in Dublin and would have achieved a semi who can ask for more <laughs> well you'd be sure to be sure <laughs> aye aye Dublin's expensive but uh, back to another potential game that might be in a podcast title. Mm-hmm. Warwick and Hearts on Friday. Okay. So I need to ask a question. One lump or three? Did you, I don't, have you not heard the press conference after it? I was Steve Clark, Clark. not calling um, you know, the two centre-halves at Hearts um, big lumps. Three lumps, he said three, three lumps. I think it was Shaughnessy played as well, was it Shaughnessy? Yeah, oh, and Suter, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, because um, they went 3 4 3, didn't they? Aye. To, to be fair, I think all that happened in that game is Hearts did a Kowalik. Yep. Yeah. I think Craig Levine said that. Kowalik could be playing against themselves. I'm almost positive I read that Craig Levine said exactly the same thing, that it was mm-hmm. just the same game in the verse. Not for me, wise. Not formation-wise, but I think certainly no. the way Hearts played was just uh, yeah. ahead, right? Come and try and break us down, and come back and do it. It was a it was a well-worked game for Hearts. A, a difficult venue. The the second goal was terrific for the just off the training ground free kick. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so um, I mean, Craig Levine must have done something right this week, and I don't mean going to see snow patrol. <laughs> yeah, well, he was at the Talbot game on Saturday. <laughs> Maybe that's where he's picking up his tactics. Well, I would have played well. Oh wait, Friday. hang on, that was a Friday, that was only Friday, was it? Uh, but Hearts are, in, Hearts are in good, well, last couple of games they've done well, St Johnson, mm-hmm. and then beating Kilmarnock. 
Yeah, I mean, yes. they're, they're, they're turning around. It's, I, mean, I think I said this again last week. Now they're getting their players back. They're starting to come back into it more. They're three points behind Kilmarnock after that win. Uh, obviously, they're, they're four behind Aberdeen and then they're two back up to Rangers. Yeah. So, uh, they, there's a good wee chase there. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you, you reckon that Rangers are in a title race with Celtic? They're as close to Celtic as any hearts. I was reading somewhere that their win percentage with Stephen A. Smith and the team this season is 82%. So yeah, I've seen that as this well. where the biggest differences. Um, but not to I'm hoping he gets arrested on Sunday. Hi, from the Talbot point of view. Hi. <laughs> Second yeah. time. Um, I mean, they might do because there's a there's, there's a busy schedule of games at the moment. Um, so they might rest a few of their players against Talbot. I don't mm. think they'll rest against Smith because um, if you remember last season when they could beat in the quarter final um, of Mother Levine was raging. Um, that they, they lost that game because they felt it was a good opportunity for them to win a trophy. So I don't think he'll be taking uh, this game lightly. Um, maybe one or two, but not their bigger players like Naismith. I think you'll see him starting. Sean Clare starting to look good for Hearts as well. Yeah, um, for a while you didn't. You were thinking, who's this boy that they're actually raving about because he's shown nothing, but it just shows that um, once you build your fitness up, that um, he's now starting to show that he is a player. Um, a very well taken goal. Um, I was listening to Steve Clark's comments after the, after the game about the referee, and I can't think of um, what the referee did wrong in the game, apart from maybe one or two niggly fouls. But there was uh, nothing major. I thought I thought the referee actually had a not bad game, and it was more frustration from Clark that he was out. Come on, did you say, John? Yeah, yeah I mean I, we've, we've laid into uh, referees enough in this podcast, but yeah, you're right. I don't think it was in major in this one. Obviously, come on, let's go. Came for the penalty spot. Still more, so I don't think there was any problem there. I can't think of anything that um, was controversial in favour of Hearts. The free kick that they got the second goal from was a free kick. So, mm-hmm. well, I, I yeah, I'm trying to imply as well that they didn't deserve to lose the game. They certainly didn't deserve to win the game. No. <coughs> uh, and apart, what was the only effort I think they had in the second half was a Miller header. Yeah. 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 So, oh, if, uh, interesting enough. I don't know whether you've seen the tweet about the going back. I know it's going back to Aberdeen game, but the BBC and the reporting of how many shots on target Aberdeen had they said they had three on target. Now he scored two goals, and in the lead up to both goals, there was two shots on target mm-hmm. prior to the goal. So that's the four. Yep. Well, six because <laughs> it's two in the goal, two two goals, so that's two on target. So just mm-hmm. them plus there was. At least maybe an hour, two or three. So, don't believe starts that you see in the BBC recently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we've established that um, BBC do get a lot wrong on their website. There was something over the weekend again, but um, I think they at least get badges correct, unlike Sky. But yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I heard about the Livingston badges doing the rounds on posters everywhere for that Aberdeen Rangers game. <laughs> Yeah, because you know how Aberdeen and Livingston badges are pretty similar. Yeah, I did. I did go to Livingston. Can't tell the difference. The Livingston badge literally says West Lothian. It's not like it's one of these badges. It's a bit vague as who it might be. Like pretty obvious. Yeah, that was a poor result for Livingston. Aye, so you've just pumped. We're all probably going to see my go there. It's become a half a, a quarter it's, uh, uh, so far a, a 
season of two quarters, since it's not finished for Motherwell and Livingston. Yeah, again, it's a case of what Motherwell season is pretty much decided. It's starting to look like Livingston are now getting dragged into where Motherwell are, but neither of them are relegation trouble. You just cannot see the teams behind them catching up. If anything, the gap's, the gap's getting bigger. Yeah, I don't but think they're, they're still not making up much ground to the teams above them. But I mean, Livingston and Motherwell are level on points now after that victory for Motherwell. 15 points is the difference between Motherwell and Hamilton. Yeah, in 9th and 10th. Uh, if, I mean, if you take 15 points and give it a, I don't want Motherwell's total, they're up in joint fourth. I know. Yeah. It's, it's a, I suppose I catch up a wee bit. Sixth place may be a target now, maybe, because Johnson have slipped a wee bit the last couple of games. But yeah. they'll certainly be happy with they've recovered in the last few games, Motherwell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd, I'd, it was a few weeks ago we were talking about whether Motherwell fans were still rating Robinson, mm-hmm. and he's put his faith in youth and midfield. I mean, Hasty Campbell and uh, Turnbull have all been terrific. Ah, Hasty looks a good player. Um, right, he's out of Clare a wee bit. He's a big powerful lad. It's amazing that they're looking more um, prudent up front, and that's um, without putting Ross McCormick in the team because they put Ross McCormick in for the first game, hooks him off the forty-five minutes, and. He's not made um, the starting line-up since and Mother have won, what, three in the bounce now? And that Aribe um, looks like yeah. a handful. Link sheets as well. Um, bit of width in the team, I think that's helping with Hasty and uh, Aribe. Mm-hmm. And the boy in midfield, Gordon, mm-hmm. is helping out as well. Yeah. Campbell looks um, back to his old self. Um, yep. And Turnbull looks terrific. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah, he he really like he's signed a new deal as well, which is good because um, you know you want these boys to stay at their um, at clubs like Mallow and gain first team experience for a while, build up their confidence, and then get their big move um, rather than move too early and not get heard of again. Like, there was a stock out. Were interested in him? Aye. Yeah, before he signed the new deal. Oh well, yeah. well we'll just have to pay the money for him. Aye, I've heard I've heard talk a card in the summer. Obviously he's a, he's a contract, isn't he? Yes, and McInnes has been linked with him before. Mm-hmm. I'll be interested to see if that happens. Halkett as well, from Livingston. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if there's I... been talk of him and Shaughnessy. Yeah, I think Halkett's more likely to happen than Shaughnessy. Right. Yeah, but Livingston have made a, a few changes to their team and it's not working for them. Um... Yeah, they've kind of slumped in. I mean, it... I think their great start for the season will probably be enough to make sure they're not in relegation trouble for the same reason as I don't think Mullamore are going to get caught. Yeah. Um, but I think what, what, what you were saying about Mullamore having won the last three games, I mean, you're right, it's a case of Mullamore are finally putting a bit of a run together, so if anybody's going to change the, the layout of the, the, the division now, it's going to be them. Um, because Hibs are still on the slide, Livingston are on the slide, Mullamore are in a bit of fun. But I don't really see them catching St Johnson because I think St Johnson wants to stop playing Celtic every week. Um, might just get things back together. I mean, St Johnson away at Hamilton this midweek. Well, oh, yeah, yeah Mother St Burns, so you might find that St Johnson start getting a bit of form back in again. Um, and then like, I, I would not be surprised if the top six and bottom six end up being the six we've got in either half now. Yeah. But yeah, I think if anybody can change that by Mother, I don't see it being Hibs or Livingston. Yeah, because the thing as well, John, you obviously touched on the fact McCormick not featuring yet, but once McCormick gets fit, you would mm-hmm. think that adds extra quality in terms of goals. And also, mm-hmm. the big thing from uh, Saturday might well be Curtis main scoring. And a lovely finish as well. Yeah. 
very well taken goal. Um, that might be the one that boosts his confidence up, but I'm not writing off my comment just yet. I'm just pointing out a fact that you know they brought him in to make the difference up front, but he's not done so and he's not needed to because other players have stepped up. And uh, from a moral point of view, that's good. Um, I mean, Hibs make the top six. It depends who they bring in as a manager um, more than anything. But um, yeah, right now on current form, you'd have to say Muddles more likely to threaten St Johnson's place. Yeah, aye, definitely. The top five is definitely remaining as it as it is in terms of the teams in there. It's just what order they end up in. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I had have a big uh, midweek midweek fixture. Aberdeen Rangers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Aberdeen can go above Rangers if they mm-hmm. win and remain undefeated against Rangers this season. Massive ass. If, if we lose this, then I'm pointing this back to you for jinxing it, for pointing that fact to it. <laughs> um, well, well, you bear in mind that the two games that you've won have been in Glasgow. Yeah. <laughs> this, one's in, this one's up in Aberdeen, but uh, you well, lucky to get a one each draw against yeah. 10 men. Yeah, we were. Um, but yeah, it should be a, a feisty game, um, as it usually is between these two. Um, and we'll just, you know, we. It, it, Make no words about it. we need to um, play very well to make sure we win because Rangers have started picking up um, the last couple of games. Um, they've obviously got the intent to, um, you know, challenge Celtic. Um, but but so are we. We're still in there. Up we've been sitting last few seasons. Um, mathematically, we're still well eight points behind. It's still a long way, um, a bit of a gap to make up. But you never know if we go on a, a good run and beat Rangers again, and mm-hmm. and then. Just wait for Celtic to slip up. You never know. Aye, the thing is, yeah. All you can do is keep winning games and then you hope that happens. And then when we do face Celtic, hope that we can take points as well. Yeah. I still yeah. think Celtic are a, a, a street ahead of yeah. their teams. Um, but this league, this season, we've had a lot of, there's been a lot of surprise results and more teams taking the points off the top teams. So, mm-hmm. I think- so if we can get to the split and it's still interesting, well, at least maybe. Two teams. I mean, if we could have four or five, because I mean, Hearts, as Chris has mentioned, yeah. aren't that far off. Uh, I, th- I, th- I think the key, be... I think the key is probably hanging on in there at the moment, um, because yeah. this is a run of Celtic's relatively easy games by comparison to what's still to come in like, the rest of February and into March. Uh, so we have played the likes of Hamilton and at home and then we've played a make-up game against St. Johnson to try and uh, get up to speed and then we've had to go away to St. Johnson. There's a lot of home games recently for Celtic because the next two are home as well, including the, the cup game. Uh, but it's, it's, we've got, a, we've got what, a tough trip to, to Tynecastle start to come. We've got a tough trip to Rugby Park on uh, Sunday. Sunday as well. No, a week on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we've got tough aye, games coming up. Aye. Mm-hmm. Uh, which which are potential for Celtic to drop points. So as long as you're hanging in there now, that's the important thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I yeah. think they're, I think it's still a long way to go in there. Yeah. And we're still we're, nine, we're still nine games away from the spot. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean from an Aberdeen point of view, we've got a bit of a mixed fixture as well. We've got St Mirren and we've got Hamilton at home, but then we've got St Johnston and Rangers to face. Yeah, we've got to go. We've still got to go to Parkhead. We've got to, um, you know, got to go with Denver Parkhead. We've still got to get Ten Castle before the spot as well. That won't be easy. Um, but all we can do is just keep winning games and see. Uh, yes. Yeah. Scott, Scott. So there you go. Hi, I mean Rangers. I've got Aber- Aberdeen midweek. Then they've got St John's in a week on Saturday. 
mm-hmm. and then they play Hamilton and Dundee. So the at the end of the month it looks more favourable. However, yeah, you never know. Yeah, first... My dad and no. Dundee be a wee bit better and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. all teams are fighting for points just now, apart from maybe Motherwell and Lovey who are in that middle area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, Scottish Cup. Mm-hmm. Um. Do you see any potential shots? I mean, good luck to Talbot with that. I just uh, Sunday Talbot for Hearts. Yeah, there's there's four games on Saturday, three games on Sunday, and one game on Monday night. So more than the United, there's your shot. Can't done the United one not? Yeah. Peter Pollock scored at the weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've they've made some um, very good signings. Just getting them to jail very quickly. That's the other thing. One thing I would do is put money on Pope to score on Sunday. <laughs> After what happened last time. Mm-hmm. Uh, who knows? Who knows on the day? Mm-hmm. Come on. Yeah, so in you go. Yeah, I mean, it's you even think that at the start of the tournament that Tabo would be in the fifth round of the Scottish Cup. I don't think many folk would have even thought that would happen. So, that's a great season for you anyway, regardless of what happens. I mean, the, the mm. result against the is going to be oh, a thing of legend. It's a, yeah. it's a bonus anyway. The, the bread and butter is the likes of yeah, the weekend and playing yeah. the league, their own their own grade. Um, mm-hmm. Anything that comes from this and the financial fitness in terms of the, the big thing. But yeah, if this game goes to a replay, <laughs> the then it's a, a Wednesday, 2 o'clock on the 20th. So there'll be a lot of uh, sick folk if that happens and knocking like that day. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That'll be good. Uh, there's a couple of fixtures in the league coming up on the weekend as well that I was noticing was, was probably crucial. Uh, Peter Head in Edinburgh City in week two. That's the mm-hmm. top two playing against each other. I mean, that's, that's set up really nicely. Edinburgh City were behind against Albion Rovers at the weekend. Um, came back to 1-3-1, of course, because Albion Rovers are rotten. But for, the dream was there for Albion Rovers to get three points. Uh, but mm-hmm. nah, So you've got, I think Edinburgh City are a couple of games more that they've played, but they're four points clear, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, four points clear, haven't played two games more. So if Peterhead can win that and close the gap down to a single point with like two games in hand, they're in a great position. On the other hand, if Edmund City can win it, they'd have that seven-point gap. It's like a big psychological gap, and even Peter Head's game in hand won't, won't be able to call it back. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's a massive game, uh, assuming it goes ahead, because there was a lot of calls the week two at the weekend. Uh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that Do was the only game in his five for a shot? If it wasn't yeah, for Thistle's... If it wasn't for Thistle's form this yeah. this year, um, I would have said, yeah, because these five beat them in the Challenge Cup early in the season. Um, but I think as much as I'd like to see um, my teammate Dan Young do well, <laughs> I can call him that for, for that one chat again. But um, as much as I'd like him to do well, then um, I, I think this will be too strong this time and get their revenge. Aye. I think a few you weeks ago, maybe. But... That was the first away win this season in the league. Yeah. yeah. I've, that, I mean, that's the thing. I think, I think a few weeks ago, then maybe I would agree that, that it could have been a shock, but I think this was starting to turn things around. Just I think Falkett are starting to turn things around. Um, so I think. I wouldn't really want to be playing the other M uh, at this point in time, and that's another game that's actually pretty crucial in the Championship at the weekend. I'll want to hope to Falkirk, so that could be an interesting one to keep an eye on as well. You know, the running friend, the Morton fan, he's given up in football again. He's, he, just, he I think he'd had a wee spell away from what going, and then he went on Saturday. Uh, 
when they said, yeah, that's how he's given up. He said Dundee United were fantastic, but then probably as well at the same token, they were awful. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, it's a, I think Morton, um, we'll need to be careful that uh, they don't continue a bad run because they could easily be caught as well. We talked about Dunfermline last week, Dunfermline lost again at the weekend, but I think Bruce Anderson's goals um, will help keep them afloat. Um, but Morton better watch themselves as well, otherwise um, they could be down there with Alan Thistle and Falkirk. Yeah, and yet they're not far off the playoffs. Yeah, it's a bit like... I I think personally it's between Queen of South and Inverness for the the fourth place in the final playoff spot um, in the top top half of the table. Yeah, I would think so as well. That'll be a good game Monday night with Ross County and Inverness, I think. I should be. Uh, that's going to mess around with the podcast, I think, next week. Because I've been fancy watching that. Yeah. We can either, uh, do Tuesday podcast next week. Aye, that would, Tuesday would suit me better as well because I'm away yeah. for a couple of days. Cool. cool. Well, yeah, well, you're the boss, John, so, yeah. <laughs> I'm not the boss. <laughs> Don't have a host. Takes a boss. Oh, yeah, of course. Silent uh, boss. Director yeah. of podcast and he can do it, so. Yeah. I'm waiting, still waiting for Greg to get back. In, I, I like tweeted earlier, like trying to entice Greg to have a appearance in his mother while doing well, but mm-hmm. nothing uh, yet. They may need to get top six before he comes back on. Yeah. Aye, old Greg, that's old Greg. <laughs> uh, if you anyone that doesn't know Greg, he hates our broth. That's me being put it mildly, isn't it, Chris? Yeah. Uh, aye, <laughs> it's been generous, it's been polite. <laughs> Depends. <laughs> Depend how uh, Saturday night's game goes, um, we could have Aldo back on next week. Well, <laughs> if after the impressive if ta- first two weeks, <laughs> I if Talbot won on Sunday, I may get a Talbot player back on. <laughs> oh, so we'll if, be uh, queuing up. If, what's that? <laughs> we'll all, everyone will be queuing up for next week's podcast. Is what we're saying. <laughs> well, if Talbot won on Sunday, then we'll definitely be doing it on Tuesday because no one will be in a fit state on Monday to come on. <laughs> Yeah, there's still not been a fit state on Tuesday, uh, I tell you. <laughs> maybe, maybe we do have one on Tuesday, but no. <laughs> well, we'll put it this way. See, when, uh, when Talbot win the Junior Cup, folk take him. <laughs> but then it's week off sometimes. Some folk... Uh, <laughs> I can believe that. Oh, aye. I mean, there's, at the social club, there'll be folk drinking for about three days. Maybe not, maybe not like... For 72 hours solid, but certainly I go home. <laughs> Some will give back it a in, go. <laughs> back, in the, back in the Monday... On it again Tuesday, but that aye, uh, it's it's quite a sight to behold. It's brilliant. So, uh, need to work. <laughs> yeah, aye, but you you plan these things in advance. Just to drink, you plan these things in advance. Like tell what in the, the junior cup final that often that is basically a holiday. Nothing like. Okay, likes national holiday. Aye, aye, aye. yeah. So, uh, so they'll be getting a second win if they beat uh, Hearts, except it'll, it'll be a national holiday for a week rather than a day. <laughs> I don't know why, it's just another game. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the Tucker, like Tommy Sloan, he's a manager, he he came out on uh, Sunday after a PSL game and he says, I don't believe they can score against anyone. Mm-hmm. A lot of it comes down to him and the belief that he has. Right. He, he's still going into this tie thinking that Albert have got no chance. No, no, nobody should go into this thinking Talbot have got no chance. I mean, they proved it the last time they were at Tynecastle. They were robbed by a dodgy offside for a draw. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah. it's, it's not beyond the realms of possibility they can get something at like this game. I, th- yeah. I think this heart side's a better side than what they faced then. M- maybe just, but. But then, yeah. but the heart side that won the cup. Experience now. What was that? The heart side that won a cup. They did, aye. They did go on to win it, but aye. I, I would say Talbot have got more experience in, in the playing yeah. against the, the bigger sides and the, like the senior sides um, than they had when they first did that game a few years ago. Yeah. Why so, they had? I mean, the, the, the fact is, well, having that air, that, I mean, that's the first win against a senior team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it gives you that. It gives you that then belief that you can maybe you can beat a senior team. That does. If I say this, I shouldn't say it. <laughs> <laughs> it's that way say or not say it I've already said what I wanted there earlier on they've, oh dear. they've not been embarrassed against a senior team right and see to be honest even if Hearts were to win say 4-0 it wouldn't be an embarrassment no. due to the difference in professionalism uh, and I say professionalism more in terms of a, a full time training point of view in the finance mm-hmm. And I don't really, I don't really see that happening anyway. I think against Air United, Talbot proved that they're a well-organised team and they can take their chances when they come. But it's all about, it's going to be all about defending mostly in that game. Aye, uh, I mean, the one and, thing you would say about Hearts, Hearts aren't a team that are going to come out. Say this again, bloody hell. Right. <laughs> right. Put the Just, shovel down, stop digging. Aye, aye, yourself. I know, I know. But Hearts aren't the type of team that come out and play free flowing football and d- destroy teams for fuck's sake. I'm just like, I'm digging a hole. But they don't. Hearts no, you're like right. They don't. You're starting to say what Steve Clark was going to say. If they go physical, then Talbot were used to that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and like, they've not got a lot, particularly not got a lot of width. No. Might be a weird difference. Callum Morrison's been a bit inconsistent more recently. Um, but aside from that, Claire's been kind of playing wide wee bit but I don't know Hart should win I mean Hart should mm-hmm. win but then said that the last time Air should win So about the luck in the day and how the teams perform if Hearts have a big off day and you have a um, an on day then yeah, there's every chance that Lachlan can go through yeah. so yep. good luck So I'm hoping obviously Sunday I'm hoping for Tal and Aberdeen both to go through but then not to meet each other in the quarterfinals. I, I, <laughs> I dread the thought of it happening. I think my fa- the family would disown me. I'm sure you'd make allowances if, if the two of them met in the final. Yeah. <laughs> allowances? That would, that would <laughs> be... I'd have to emigrate. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I'm a fan first and foremost, but they're a man to the cup and all that, and it, it does it. I, there's something special about the place in terms of you stay off with a general like you follow the team. I'm getting that I'm getting that vision of Hamden um on the twenty fourth of May or twenty fifth of May whenever the final is this year of um a sea of red and yellow Aberdeen versus Auchinleck. Aye, and me somewhere in Australia or something like that. Get a dodgy stream so you can watch it. Yeah. But then it depends on the result whether I look back in the family. There's so many, there's so many kind of situations with that. I don't think there's anyone maybe that's a a target the hearts one. There might be as there might be some actually. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But aye, good luck to every team involved in the cup. Well, that's actually all I. There's only certain teams I'd like to do well. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I wanted to say that in the last round on the podcast account, and I was like, nah, 
There's only the other teams I support that I was lucky. Good luck to Aberdeen to stuff the rest this um, 15 <laughs> <laughs> See, I was thinking something broadly somewhere about I really don't want St. Johnson to have any luck, that kind of thing. Yeah. Nah, good luck to Albert, um, stuff the other 14. I don't care who goes through, as long as Aberdeen goes through and win it. I've been itching 29 years that's for just this. That's <laughs> but I really would like Celtic to go out because I'm fed up he's winning trophies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, well, give someone else a chance. But I, I, I should remind you that um, the last time that Aberdeen won this cup, they stopped Celtic winning it for the third time in a row. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've won it the last two. So That's a nice, that's, well, a, that, that's, that's always the nicest thing you've ever said about Aberdeen, Chris. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, the, well, I'd mentioned um, earlier that um, in one of the other podcasts, Liverpool haven't won the league since uh, 1990, and they're top of the league just now. Aberdeen haven't won the Scottish Cup since the same year. Uh, that was my first year in football, so maybe both could happen this year. Uh, the bad news is uh, Liverpool drew one each of West Ham tonight, so they're getting clawed back in. They're desperate not to win a league, uh, Liverpool. Uh, mm-hmm. So. Oh, we're talking about English football, that must be time to end this podcast now. Yes. Aye. <laughs> Aye. Aye. Aye, I think it is. I, th- I can't think of anything else in Scottish football that I, I noticed. And probably if, if even if I was, I think what, what time would we have? I'm Wednesday now, isn't it? With, with the <laughs> uh, we spent at least a day and a half talking about uh, Andrew Dallas. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Not half a day talking about yeah. it. Because we always spend a lot of time doing Aberdeen. I can't think why. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why either. It's know. not so bad when um, it's just one uh, Aberdeen fan on, but when it's the two, it's, yeah, it's bad. We were both at games last week. Aye. Which is a, a rarity. That, may, that makes a difference. It's like you're, you're thought of a first hand experience, whereas I haven't been at a game in. I've only been to European games this year, I think. Um, on Sunday for the Cup? No, can't make it, unfortunately. Um, can't make it. I am going next week to the Valencia game though. Nice. Oh, aye. What? European football, aye. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Aye. Yeah. One claim going out. Aye. <laughs> that time we played Burnley. A Burnley game. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, next week it'll be our, our aye. Maybe a special one. Yeah. We shall see. It's a special after week. Scottish football special. That's why we love it that we get. I mean, in what other um, country do you get a team giving up their place in a semi-final of a cup competition? Although that seems technically, technically not Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> there's, no, there's, no te- there's no technically about it. Definitely not Scottish. <laughs> Although technically it's a Scottish competition. Who's more Irish, Bohemians or Celtic? <laughs> <laughs> like we end it right there. <laughs> <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody indeed. <laughs> uh, right, aye. So, aye. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers.